He is such an easy piece of shit, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, the, the sounds you're hearing are those of a dog who was just having an intimate moment with a cushion that I interrupted. <laughs> um. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. For this. So welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me, Ian Harries. And me, Graham Jones. Spotify <laughs> is the number one time to speak. Fucking Near I mean Nearly. You know you what? You can edit it. I liked that more than I thought I would. So uh, this is the podcast where we argue about our top three lists of a topic that nobody asked us to talk about. This week, we are figuring out our top three movies where we would have added robots. Yes, we are. Which was a reference to an episode we did recently, and I could not remember what the reference was. I, I can't remember either. I, you've also completely thrown me off by talking about the format of the podcast. Right. <laughs> I just like 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 we said in the, in the before in the twenty minute discussion before actually hitting record, where we talked. Uh, I'm just going to say this for non-American football fans, where we talked about tight ends. We did. I mentioned that we are eighty odd episodes in, and now is obviously the time <laughs> to explain what we do before we just dive straight in talking about robots. But dive we shall dive into we the shall. murky cybernetic pool that is robot so i have a game we can play which we can get on to okay where i have a load of robots written down and you'll have to tell me where they're from but before we do that robots are great ain't they robots are great did you know that um in i want to say mexican Mexican in Mexico, they call uh, R2D2 Little Arthur. I like that. Because R2, is it R2? Because the way it sounds in yeah. um, in Mexican is, uh, yeah, it sounds like Little Arthur. I can't remember where I heard it from. It was on a, um, a podcast I was listening to re- recently. Okay, so R- Arturito means yeah. Little Arthur in Spanish. So a lot of people oh, think that, okay. R2-D2 sounds like Arturito, which therefore, yeah, so they call him Little little Arthur. I thought it was going to be something they call him Little Arthur because R2-D2 means cunt in Spanish or something (laughs) like that. Or there's, um, is it Moana in some areas isn't called Moana because of a very famous porn star in that area? Oh, really? I think so, yeah. (laughs) No, I like that. I I, I prefer Little Arthur as a name. I'm not going to lie. It, yes, it, it definitely adds. It's a lot more whimsical than R two D two. Yeah, I think R two D two is more practical in the sense that he's an R two unit, and you have all of the other. Maybe they're just all little, little units. Maybe that's the way Maybe. that you get out. You got little Arthur, little Benjamin, little Ian, <laughs> little Ian. Oh, you've you've been speaking to my exes. <laughs> speaking of R two D two, then yeah, what do these four robots have in common? Okay, R two D two. Yeah. HAL 9000, right. the Sojourno, which is like the the Mars rover. Like, because of our age, when we think of the Mars rover, we're thinking of this one. It's yeah. got like, it's like the solar panel with the wheels below it, that one. Yeah. And the Unimate, which was the first industrial robot that kind of looks like the claws from Iron Man. Um, they... Uh, mm. 
One second. Um, you can't just Google them. I'm not. They, they, <laughs> they all had Kenny Baker inside of them. They did not. Uh, as far as I'm aware, only one of them had Kenny Baker <laughs> inside him, but what he chose to do in his spare time is between him and the androids. So that is the induction class to the Robot Hall of Fame. Yeah, fair enough. There is. Uh, so this was in two thousand three. Uh, you can hear Bowie in the bar. Bowie in the barking there. Bowie, Bowie barking. barking in the background. So yeah, there is a robot hall of fame. Other inductees include the Opportunity Rover because apparently they like Mars. Data, Lego Mindstorms, uh, Big Dog, Packbot, and uh, Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet. So I'm struggling a little bit here because there's a real crossover between real functional robots that have helped humanity yeah. and fake robots. Yeah, like, we obviously have never been to Mars. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, I don't know, like... So, while also researching this, we could have gone off on a massive tangent. There's a lot of halls of fame. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And I'm assuming they're all American. Uh, there's, so, the first ever hall of fame came from Germany in, like, the 1860s. But the majority okay. of them are American. There's an insurance hall of fame. For prominent figures in the insurance industry. Fair enough. There's. Do you, do you know what the fire services one is called? The Hall of Flame, obviously. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> but some, some of them I get, but then there's also like, you'll have, so that with aviation, there's like a National Aviation Hall of Fame, but then yeah. there's also like a Colorado and like just, but not all of the states, just a handful of states. And oh. then also a country level one. And I mean, I, I can't find a podcast one. So we'll have to look into that. Let's start it. Yeah, fuck it. We're good. We, we can induct. I'll induct you. You induct me. It's all above board. <laughs> it's an induction train. Exactly. One thing that I find really interesting about Hall of Fames is like the broadness of them. So we mentioned with the the uh, rock and roll. Oh, sorry, with the robot Hall of Fame that you've got like real robots, fake robots. It's interesting that we have the rock and roll Hall of Fame, but includes all genres of music. Does it? Yeah, because like I'm pretty sure like Eminem's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's also a Hip Hop Hall of Fame. Okay, so that it, it, just to prove your point of there is so many different <laughs> like unless that basically what I'm saying is the Hall of Fame industry is not very efficient. No. Also, which which um is is there a building that houses all of the halls? So you're saying a Hall of Fame Hall of Fame? Yeah, maybe. Or a Hall of Fame Hall. Or or a or a building that you know. Because a hall cannot exist without a building. It's a hall of the mind. It's like a memory. It's like a memory palace. There is a hall of fame inside us all. I guess so. It turns. It turns out the real hall of fame was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Robot game. Are we ready for robot game? Uh. Yeah. What is it like? Um. Am I am I playing Go against that? Is it deep? Mind or whatever. Deep Blue? Was it Deep Blue? Was it Deep... Was it, I'm asking you. There is a chance Deep Blue was from Love, Death and Robots. Now I say that out loud. Uh, it was Deep Blue something. Who were the band? Oh, uh, maybe. Um, Breakfast I don't, at Tiffany's. I don't think they were robots. And I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? You said, you said I think I remember... Zero one. Zero zero one one one. Robo Boogie. And if Sorry, you're... that's such a good song. It's, <laughs> it's, in my head it's an incredible song, isn't it? <laughs> zero zero one one zero zero one. Hey guys, future Ian here. Uh, just jumping in with a bit of uh, excess information for you. So uh, Graham was right. So Deep Mind has beaten 
uh, human players at Go, uh, as well as a couple of other AIs. So Google have developed one. There's also one called AlphaGo. Deep Blue is a computer that plays chess. And Deep Thought, which we didn't talk about, is from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And Deep Throat is a pseudonym for the person who gave information on the Watergate scandal. So you can obviously you can pl- you can uh, you can play along at home. <laughs> Shall I? I'll try and incorporate like a Jeopardy like music in the background. Okay. So I'm just going to name robots, and you have to tell me where they came from. There are some TV shows thrown into this, okay. but predominantly they are movies. So first up, Bubo. Sorry, Bubo. 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 How's that spelled? B U B O. Okay, can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> Hi, Bubbo. You're a robot. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, so that is the robot owl from Clash of the Titans. Oh. Jigolo uh, Joe. Jigolo Joe. Um, I like to think that there's a straight-to-video Juice Bigolo uh, sequel that I haven't seen that includes a robot Jigolo. Oh, God, I hope so. Uh, no, so he's pl- he's played by Jude Law. Okay. If that narrows it down at all. Uh, Arthur? Uh, AI. Ah, haven't seen so, that. So, AI, artificial intelligence, which people talk about like it's a masterpiece, but I really don't like it. The computerized humanoid electronically enhanced secret enforcer. So, the computerized humanoid electronically enhanced secret enforcer. That is from Parks and Recreation. Yeah, you're on the right track. The Office. No. Further Mac back and in cheese. time. Mac and cheese, yeah. Is that not the... So it's Friends. Ah! So yeah, Joey, Joey Trippiardi plays Mac. Yeah, Mac and cheese. And yeah. this is obviously an uh, acronym for <laughs> cheese. Well, it's not an... Ac- it is an acronym. An initialization is when it's not a word you can say. Uh, initialization is the... No, actually, it is an initialization. Yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure. One, uh, oh, maybe it's both. Next up, the Sentinels. They are in Zemetrics. No, they are in X-Men Days of Future Past. Next oh, up, yes. the Sentinels. In the Matrix. Nope, they're still X-Men Days of Future Past. <laughs> no, so yeah, so they are, they are both uh, the Matrix and X-Men Days of Future Past. I just put that in to be a cunt. Oh. Um, K2SO. Uh, that is in um, Rogue One. Rogue One, yes. Which one Alan of my fa- one of p- possibly my favourite Star Wars robot, you know? Alan Tudyk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very good at Star Wars robot. Bernie. Um, are we is <laughs> have we suddenly gone into Infowars territory and um, yes. suggesting that Bernie Sanders is actually a robot? <laughs> It's the only thing that makes sense, man. <laughs> uh, no, so Bernie, the only way I can explain this to you completely ruins where it's from. Okay, I, I, I don't know. Okay, should I ruin it? Go on. So the clue is Bernie is kind of spelt like Wally. Okay, so Wally. Yeah. <laughs> so Wally and also there is a short, a Pixar short called Bernie, which is about him. Right. So he, he was the robot tasked with replacing the light that Wally kept breaking outside the spaceship. Okay. And it is fucking amazing. I really like the I forget the name of the robot, but the the cleaning up robot in Wally is very funny. Yes. Throws its broom uh, throws its brush down at one point, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Tars. 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 You sound like a. a you sound like. Um, picture this. It's 1980. No, actually, it's not. It's 1993. Um, you're Prince Charles. You just opened a bag of Monster Munch. Someone said to you, "What? What characters on your what's it? Uh, on your uh, Tazo?" And you said, "Tars." <laughs> Tars, the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 where my mind went then. So uh, that that was uh, the, one of the nichest references you've made. <laughs> that was like that's like summer '94 or something. Like that couldn't have been. <laughs> that wasn't relevant for a very long period of time. Uh, no, no, um, and also it's it's remarkable that he could you know get back into eating Monster Munch so soon after Diana's death because obviously she was she was a massive fan of um, of the uh, the maize based crisps yeah she she loved pogs <laughs> um, so Tars Tars no Tars. idea uh, Interstellar okay so it's the the one that looks like a Playstation 2 yeah which I'm fairly sure is a reference to Space Odyssey rather it than must Playstation be, right? 2 but so the next one, and I am going to argue these are robots. Uh, okay. Chip, Chip Hazard, Butch Meat Hook, and Brick Bazooka. Um, they're, they're tiny robots. Tiny robots. Sub would say toy sized. Oh, toy soldiers. Small soldiers. Small but I think soldiers. that's what, I think that's what you meant. Yeah. I would argue they're robots. Are they not just sentient toys? Yeah, but they're sentient toys because of technology, not a curse. So I would say that's a rope. Like um, Chucky, Chucky, Chucky was possessed by yeah. the spirit of a serial killer. So that's a toy. Uh, the new Chucky is a robot. What about all of the um, all of the toys in Toy Story? Then are they? I I was very close to having that as a pick and arguing <laughs> that they're not toys; they're all robots. But are they? The who sen- knows? Who knows? And there's no curses involved that we know of. I mean, that would be a hell of a prequel. <laughs> uh, next up, Rodney Copperbottom. Sounds like something out of Harry Potter. Uh, robots, just from the, the animated movie Robots. Yeah. Uh, gets a little bit easier. Uh, 80s robot. Um, the Muppets. The Muppets. Johnny Five. Is. Oh. Is that Short Circuit or am I making Short Circuit, yeah, Short Circuit. We'll do a couple more. Uh, dot Matrix. Um, wasn't that what um, Dot Cotton and Keanu Reeves's child was called? Yes. No. Correct. Yeah. It's the it's the artificial intelligence from EastEnders. Because um, <laughs> we all know that is actually a simulation that they're all in while yeah. they're in a deep space colony ship. It's the only thing that would make. It's why they're so aggy all the time. Yeah, it's the only thing, only thing that makes sense. Um, Spaceballs. It's, ah. the, it's the robot from Spaceballs. Uh, and the last one. Uh, so this is it's kind of... A, I'm not sure if these have actually appeared in films or TV. Yeah. But I'm saying they're relevant enough. Uh, Discharge, Erector, Nightbeat, and Flare Up. So these are all legitimate transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Dis- discharge, erected, nightbeat, and flare up. Yeah, 
There was also, I'm fairly sure, one that was called, like, Breast Control or so, or Breast Force or something like that. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, you, I wasn't counting along. You got... Five. Right. I did. So... It's yeah. quite... Have you, have you noticed that the dogs are just staring <laughs> Staring directly, yep. It's... <laughs> st- staring at me looking absolutely disgusted. Yeah. He's like, I was, I was shagging a pillow and I got interrupted for this. Talking about fucking robots. I want to be fucking. Oh, do you remember a the? Do you remember the the Sony robot dog that came out in like the? Oh early fuck 2000s? yes! All it kind of did was like just kind of stutter around. Yeah, and it would like maybe sit, and it had like a a, a robot bone that it had with it, and oh. a couple of like eye expressions. They really did try to make robots work before everyone realised how terrifying they all are. Yeah, so it's interesting. There's so much stuff into, like, how a lot of people think the greatest threat to human humanity is, like, the singularity rather than nuclear war, even though nuclear war feels imminent. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I 100... If you'd asked me pre-2016... Yeah. I would 100% have bought into... AI, AI is the greatest... Th- you know, if, there's gonna, if I'm going to have to doomsday prep... Yeah, it, it's going to be for a machine uprising. Now it is just like I'm going to doomsday prep because an unelected prime minister's got in charge and just made a stupid choice because they could. <laughs> and we spoke about did we speak about in the previous episode? Just in in the context of this, the um, oh, what's it called? Some... Oh, I, no, 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 no. We're not talking about that again. We did. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. It is the thing that if you think about it, it means it'll happen. Or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fucking... Rocco's bas- Basilisk. That's the cunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that was a mindfuck. Because I started reading it, and it was like, this isn't sound that bad. Then about yeah, halfway yeah. through, it's like, oh, shit, okay. Don't like this at all. Yeah, it's it's a hell of a... I guess it's a thought experiment, I guess you'd probably oh. say. But yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of wild. I was. It came up in a work conversation. Actually, we were looking at NLG technology, and someone brought this up and said, like, "Oh, have you heard of? Uh, have you heard of uh, Rocco's Basilisk?" And I was like, "No," and then had a, a very similar experience to what you did <laughs> in being absolutely horrified. Yeah, why have you told me this? <laughs> Good times. The goodest of times. Um, yeah. So there's there's a there's a lot of robots there. A lot a lot of robots. I uh, so. Here's a question. So talking of like, so there's there's been a lot recently with AI becoming sort of more readily available to the man in the street, right? So a lot of you guys would have seen Ian's Dali generated Midsummer posters. Um, mm-hmm. I think all of the oh uh, mid 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 journey, mid journey. So uh, so the AI oh, generated stuff I use is mid journey. Okay. Just, right. I want to, I want to get that cracked so that if it does take over the world, it's uh, <laughs> you properly credited. It, it feels respected. I don't know about you. I say please to Alexa. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, I don't even use Alexa, so I don't know if that puts me in a good place or a bad place, but uh, it, probably the latter. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I do. It is very helpful, especially in the kitchen, having yeah. an Alexa in there. But I'm very aware that it's, uh, yeah. There are implications to it. Well, there was that whole. There was a uh, murder case in the US, right? That was they used the uh, data from the Alexa that absolutely isn't recorded to uh, prove or disprove the 
the murder took place by a certain person based on the Fucking what was hell. recorded. But anyway, going back to my original question. So yes, we have this more readily available AI stuff that you can kind of plug into. So there's the the image stuff. Dali's one of them. Mine Mid Journey is another one. There's GPT-3, which is a natural language generation tool. So essentially you can give it prompts and it will write. It's crazy, right? It can You can say, like, give me a story that's 200 words where the main characters are this person, this person, and something interesting happens of this ilk, and it will write you a story, and it, it's... Is that it's, the... Is that the thing that always goes round online of like, I made something, watch 200 hours of Friends? Yeah, similar, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. So, but it, it's getting to a point now that there is real, you know, you've got really good output from these things that you could use them uh, for like content generation and stuff. So I guess what I'm interested in is how far away do you think we are from the first AI-driven feature length maybe not even feature length let's say short movie that is entirely based on like plug these commands into an ai and it becomes generated so no no human interaction outside of pressing start outside of priming it so obviously you need to prime it and you would need to say what i want this you know let's say the, the 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 prompt is 80s action movie hit go and that then create like how far do you think because like similar to the prompt that you would give to like the the image creators right like yeah, a few words yeah, yeah. then you get an output i i honestly don't think we're that far away yeah i think we're probably um, closer I, than you would expect i think we're a lot further so that for, for me there's there's two two answers to this question there is how far away we are from it and how far away we are from not noticing it yeah, because like I think I think we're not far away from that being able to happen, but I still think watching it, you would be like, oh, the fact this is AI driven makes perfect sense now, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then I think we're a, a further away from, you know, like did you oh did you know this was actually done by AI and you completely losing your mind? Yeah, I feel like a really easy way to get on to like um, uh, to like get shown at Sundance would be to do like a to use like gpt3 to concoct a script and then just film it someone must have done that though surely oh hey guys it's future ian again so there has actually been an experimental science fiction short film entirely written by an artificial intelligence bot using neural networks I don't know what neural networks are, and I feel like clicking on this Wikipedia link is going to send me down a hole that I will not be able to come back from. So it was written by an AI bot called Benjamin. Uh, It was made for the Sci-Fi London Film Festival's 48-hour challenge, and it is called Sunspring. It stars Elizabeth Gray, uh, Humphrey Kerr, and Thomas Middleditch of uh, Middleditch and Swartz fame. But yes... Uh, reviews have referred to it as a bizarre novelty. If not, I mean, maybe we could be at Sundance next year. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I do think there's it is it is a very interesting kind of like debate and discussion. I think. Um, I don't think it'll ever take over. Robots in general, as in, I, I don't, I don't think it will put script writers out of the job or anything like that. No, I think, 
I think. Or artists, because like people still listen to vinyl, right? Like it, it's there's always going to be a call for what people deem as more authentic. And if robots are able to properly gauge like human emotion and stuff like that, then the fact that they're writing movie scripts is probably the best case scenario. Yeah, I would I would suggest that, and also just practical applications of um of the technology feels more aligned to kind of the boring menial jobs and tasks rather than the creative industries. I think yeah. the likelihood is is that creative industries would be the last impacted by something like this. I um, am of not these... not to our future robot overlords that I'm suggesting that they should only be used for menial tasks. Loved, you loved your latest movies guys. Do loved everything them. absolutely yeah. whatever you want. I'm I'm here for it. Um you know I'm I'm voting Robo Prez twenty thirty two. Um, oh I'd write, I'd vote for a robot now. <laughs> like, like ha- hands up, can't be fucking. I mean, worse. I think we just have just, one, right? There just were, I, I swear, AI-generated fucking policy. I swear, there were moments where Liz Truss was asked questions and it looked like she was buffering. We made this prime minister watch five hundred hours of car crashes and then saw what they came up with. <laughs> yeah, like I, uh, I think if robots are capable to properly perfect the creative industry, then um, we're probably all going to be dead. Yeah, <laughs> like that. That feels like again. Like I feel like their priority is world domination, and then entering Sundance. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, I haven't, do- you know, I haven't doomsday prepped for uh, an an Oscar winning robot yet. So we'll we'll see what happens. Would it have its own category? Oh, I mean, like I feel like the it would be it would be an in- indie circuit thing. Like I don't think the Oscars would. The Oscars still don't have a fucking like stunt performer category. Yeah, let alone true. let alone a fucking robot one. <laughs> So, um, before we uh, get too bogged down in the forthcoming AI apocalypse or and or takeover of Hollywood, um, let's think about some movies that perhaps have already been made by humans and um, recommend them to our ever-loving public. Um, I believe this week you've got one of those recommendations that nobody has asked for, Ian. I do! Um, so I was, I was, I'm not going to lie, up until today, I was going to be a cunt and do small soldiers just to argue that they're robots. Okay. Instead, I have decided to actually, for, for once in a while, actually sincerely recommend a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so the other day, or over the weekend, I watched... Brian and Charles. Ah, uh, I've, I've been meaning to get around to seeing this. Yeah, so it's it's written and starring David Earle and Chris Haywood, and it also features uh, Louise Brealey. And it... Uh, so it came out this year, you can rent it now. It follows Brian, who is an isolated inventor in, like, a nondescript... I think I think everyone seems to have a Welsh accent, but it's never actually said where it's set. So I'm assuming in Wales. And he is an inventor who makes stupid things, and he builds a robot. Yeah. And the robot is called, or goes by the name Charles Petrescu. Excellent. And it is truly an incredible film. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things. So the robot is, um, it is just it's. Uh, it's got a mannequin head and a washing machine body and then just a pair yeah. of legs underneath it. Um, and it wears a massive oversized shirt and suit. And it is like the perfect mix of... it's the, oh, I, I don't even really know how to describe it. it, it, it it's, a, it's a dark comedy, but with a lot of like heart to it. I, I From what I've seen of it, I get the sense that it 
feels like it's going to be one of those kind of like feel good films by the end of it. I may be wrong, but that's yeah. that's the that's the um sort of aura it gives off in what I've seen. Yeah, but it, it's one of those like I think which is a very British thing where it is a feel good film, but you can't quite put your finger on why it is a feel good right. film. So yeah, and it's just incredible, and it was it was really funny, it was really weird, and it was really sweet, and. I think the nicest thing to say about it is I I could have watched it immediately again. Okay, like it was just it was just it was just nice to watch. Yeah, and I think especially in uh, in this day and age pre robot uprising, that is sometimes just kind of what you need. Mm. But not to spoil an episode that will be coming out in around two months. This is probably one of my films of the year. Nice. And I have watched, because I've been waylaid with a fucking bad back for a month and a half, I have watched what can only be described as too many films. <laughs> I've, I've, my quote has gone down quite a bit this year. I watched the first one for quite some time last night, which was Apostle, because um, you obviously have to watch a horror movie on Halloween. Um, that was good fun. Um, just a fun fact, I thought it was my turn to recommend this week, so... Uh, Watch Ex Machina, because that's a good film with robots, isn't it? Ex uh, Machina is a great film. Uh, if you don't want to watch Brian and Charles or Ex Machina or any other films with robots, is there anything that you could recommend our, again, adoring public to watch instead? In the spirit of our discussion before of how I don't think robots can ever fully appreciate humanity and emotions, mm. and if they do... I think that's the that that's the point where we need to worry. Yeah. Not just because of like job losses and you know the dilution of the arts and things, but because they're probably going to kill us. Do all. you think? So, do you think if robots gained sentience, they would create their own religion? Uh, the robots have religion in Red Dwarf. Okay. I don't know that Ro- the Red Dwarf is that is the perfect blueprint for what might happen. <laughs> no. That's true, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know. It depends. I, the the idea of a robot pope is an interesting robo pope, robo pope. Yeah. But yeah. So sorry. Continue to to say to save humanity. I think what we need is a film which is so emotional and raw that we hold that up as like kind of the level of like right. If robots make something like this or more emotional than this. Yeah. Then that's when we all get into the like the vaults and the bunkers and just kind of hunker down. Pro- yeah, hun- hunker down for a bit. So, for me, one of the most kind of raw and emotional films I can think of is Ari Aster's Midsummer. So, an incredible film, which is probably the best look at grief I think any film has ever done. It approaches a lot of uh, very human emotions, such as really needing to go. And the only thing you can go on is a tree. <laughs> and yeah, so I think that is what, if the robots beat that, then issues. So what you're what you're saying is if Will Poulter was a robot, he'd have survived. I would argue that everyone would have survived if they were robots. Oh, yeah. I mean, it probably wouldn't have happened because... Well, I, I don't know. Well, no, it would have happened because robots would want to... like the. If robots were any type of student, they would be an anthropology student to really understand humans so they can fuck them up. True. Very true. Maybe I will have Midsummer as one of my choices. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Midsummer. Midsummer. Crack, cracking film. No robots. No robots. That we know of. But no robots, in all seriousness. Yes, no, no robots. No robots. 
And on that note, mm. it, is, it is time for us to start talking about our top three movies where we would have added robots. And I believe the first choice is yours. It is. My first choice. Um, so I've got... I've got a few choices here. As That's the point as, of the podcast. As we always do. <laughs> and they are slightly different in their reasoning. So the first one I'm going to go for is for the twist ending that there's a robot. Because that was one of the ideas I had, which is why we're doing this. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's been, I've not had a lot of coffee this morning. Um, it's 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 been a long few weeks. Um, so, um, <laughs> I like that you were literally like you looked like you were wiping away tears. It's I, I just I just thought it gets it's do you know what it is? It's because at the beginning you explained the format. Now I'm just feeling like I need to do lots of exposition whenever I, whenever I talk. Okay, so um, you've explained that you have a number of ideas <laughs> that you're going to be talking through yeah. that have each been picked for a unique and possibly humorous way. Yeah. So the first one is the twist. So the movie I'm going to pick here, a movie that does already feature robots, or we may call them machines and that is the the well-trodden movie i it's got to be up there as one of our most uh spoken about movies on the podcast i would put it third on the list yeah after the thing and midsummer yeah because technically number one is the thing technically number one is the thing because yeah. every Everything. every tr- so we talk about the thing minimum six times an episode well actually minimum eight because you have the recommendation oh yeah true true and then when we're introducing ourselves as well, yeah. like that's 10, because we're obviously the thing too. We're both the thing. No, well, the thing, not the thing too. True, yes, because the thing is actually, the thing prequels the thing, so it's the thing than the thing. If anything, the thing is the thing too, but it's not, it's the thing. Yeah, but also thing two is from Cat in the Hat. True. So Maybe, is that why they called it, didn't call follow-up the thing too? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, nice. Sam. Second episode in a row, we've talked about a possible follow-up to the thing. Sam I Am had a lot of things to say about it. Anyway. Um, son son of Sam I son Am. Son of Sam I Am. Hor- horror Dr. Zeus remakes. It could work. Oh, the places you won't go because you're locked in my basement. Yeah, I just need to go. Things that rhyme with Dharma. <laughs> Green eggs and Dharma ham. No. 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 No, you're better than that. No. I am better than that. Anyway, anyway, the Matrix, the Matrix, which I hadn't actually mentioned, but thank you for oh. for mentioning it. Yes, the Matrix is the movie I'm talking about. So we obviously have robots or machines in the Matrix already, but um, my idea here of adding a robot to improve the the Matrix is that the twist at the end is that it turns out that Neo is a robot and is some kind of like antichrist of the machines who's forsaken their ways to free the humans. So, Neo is the machine antichrist. Yeah. Okay, are we just going to leave it there? I mean, <laughs> do, do, do we need to explore anymore? True. I like it. There was... Did you Did you ever hear about... We don't have... We've already decided this before. We don't... Spoiler warnings aren't in effect if it's a bad film, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. I say bad. I still enjoyed it, but it's because I'm a sucker for post-apocalyptic stuff. Did you hear about the original ending of Terminator Salvation? I did not, no. So Terminator Salvation was the one that's set in the future, and it's Christian Bale and Sam Worthington who was in absolutely everything for about two years. Yeah, it was the. this was the one where Christian Bale had his meltdown at the 
lighting guy, right? Yes, yeah. to the lighting, yeah, to yeah. the lighting dude. And the idea was, so at the end of the film, skip ahead a minute if you don't want to know how Terminator Salvation ended, John Connor gets horrifically injured. And <laughs> Sounds like James Connor. Hey. <laughs> uh Eno Benjamin wasn't much better. <laughs> and then... Sam Worthington's character, who turns out to be a, like a half-human, half-Terminator. Right. Because they thought the best way for him to infiltrate the humans was to not realise he was a machine. Yeah. He ends up giving his heart to John Connor right. to save his life. So he sacrifices himself. It's like a heart transplant. Like a heart transplant. Literally a heart transplant. Okay. Is it a mechanical heart or a regular heart or a half-and-half half heart? Mix, mix of both. Okay. So I think it's just like a super-powered human heart. Right. The original ending was going to be John Connor dies, and then Sam Worthington's character gets, basically, like, goes to the Terminator factory and becomes John Connor and takes his place. Okay. And then then it turns out John Connor, the saviour of humanity, was actually a Terminator wearing John Connor's skin. Nice. So, kind of similar. (laughs) (laughs) Basically what I said, yeah. Kind of, yeah, kind of, but less uh, video gamey. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it would be, it would be fun. It's a nice twist. Um, it also would mean that we didn't necessarily have to have the two sequels, which is also would be nice. Or at least we could have the two sequels and they just went a different way. We'd maybe miss out on um, resurrections, um, which would be a shame because it's, it's a lot of fun. But I don't know if the Antichrist gets resurrected or not. I guess probably, maybe. Who knows? But yeah, I don't know. I think it's a fun twist and it takes the sort of sentience of robots argument to the next logical place in that could... The whole point of the uh, machines and their uprising and everything is to look after themselves. And, you know, that's, that's understandable that machines could evolve to that point. But then... You know, if you look at humanity, there are also people that go against them themselves, i.e., against humanity, and therefore would could you or would you logically expect that there would be a robot that would do the same? So, yeah, and also like the Matrix has lots of underlying sort of nods to kind of the Jesusy stuff. <laughs> I was going to say biblical stuff, yeah. is the word that I was looking for. Um, or Jesus-y. Yeah, some, some literal nods and some massive glowing signs with arrows pointing towards references. Yeah, I mean, is, there's literally like a, a a glowing sort of semi-crucifix thing that holds him up at one point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all very... And then all of, like, all of the fucking spaceships seem to be called, like, old biblical names and stuff as well, like right? the Nebuchadnezzar and stuff. The Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Um, the HMS Jesus. <laughs> Um, so is is Neo going to know he's a robot from the beginning? Uh, yes, he just doesn't tell anyone. Okay, so he is a he is a full on like freeing humans, going against his race kind of thing. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I do like that. It also feels like it would be easier to follow because I still we talked. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but. The Matrix is so confusing, I only understand it when I'm not talking about it. <laughs> then, then as soon as I start trying to explain it, I immediately confuse myself and forget of what's happening again. Yeah. Like, the, Matri- the Matrix 1 is fairly simple. Yeah. Really. But then 
two and three just throw in like completely unnecessary bullshit into it. Yeah, and then like, four kind of takes it up a notch as well. Like it's great, but it takes it up a notch as well because there's the whole like the the meta aspects of it as well. Oh god, I loved that film so much. I thought it was really really good. It was an entire film designed around the director talking about the legacy of the prequels. Yeah, like it's oh fuck me, it's fantastic. Start of the year, I'm watching that film. It was a good start to the year. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, talking of um, talking of uh, robot societies, um, I'm currently reading. I think I've told you a couple of times, but this book called Mindfuck at the moment, which is the uh, guy from Cambridge Analytica, who oh yeah is kind of um, talking all about how they did all of the crazy stuff with Facebook and led to uh, Brexit, Trump, etc. But the way that they kind of and I'm not far enough into know if they achieved what they were trying to do, but their kind of proposition at the beginning was that using all of the data on everyone through Facebook that they they pulled was to essentially recreate society in silico in order to then run different scenarios which would then predict the outcomes. So they could basically engineer societal outcomes based on inputs to this kind of computerized version of society that is the plot of season three of westworld oh really <laughs> yeah like i'm not i'm not i'm not even i'm not taking the piss that is that is the plot of season three of westworld oh. well there you go they obviously um know a lot about cambridge analytica <laughs> good times or they predicted it or they predicted it. i think season three of westworld must have come after 2012 though right uh, true yeah, yeah. True. Fuckers. Hmm. Agreed. Anyway, yeah, so Jesus, not Jesus, Neo is the robot antichrist in in the Matrix. My choice, then. Uh, So this is a film that does not feature robots. Okay. And I am going to argue that... So there's actually two ways to do this. So... Two very different reveals, basically, in uh, in the film could take place. So, I am arguing that Jurassic World would have made more sense with robots. Specifically, robot dinosaurs. Okay. Because Jurassic... The Jurassic Park incident mm-hmm. took place in 1993. Jurassic World The Park opened in 2005. Yeah, well, I mean, 12 years is enough to forget about a horrific massacre. There was was a horrific massacre at the park and a Tyrannosaurus Rex got, like, let loose in San Diego or something the year after. Yeah. Like, I just don't... I don't see a world where Jurassic World would open as is. And I messaged a couple of people before coming on this call, including you, asking... That if Mickey Mouse went wild and killed everyone in Disneyland, would you be happy going to Disneyland again a few years later? Which is basically what we're asking the public to do here. Um, I had a couple of uh, responses like you would expect. Uh, friend of the podcast replied, probably not, which really plays into my hands on this <laughs> argument. My dad replied, as long as they cleaned up properly, because of course he did. And to help me the most... Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Christina, replied, to be fair, probably yes, if Mickey Mouse was no longer there. Yeah. 
which I think makes sense. So I am going to say that people would be a lot more willing to go to a Jurassic Park if they were just giant robot dinosaurs. Yeah, but I just feel like that's boring. Yeah, but they're giant robot dinosaurs. They'd be fucking kick-ass. I also looked into... Because there's there's always like a running joke of how did they get insurance? But luckily, Mitchell Kalmanson, president of the Lester Kalmanson Insurance Agency, uh, a Florida-based insurance agency that specializes in rare and unusual risk in the animal and entertainment worlds, says it would probably only cost about $1.5 million a year. I mean, that's very cheap. Um, and that would get you liability of possibly up to $100 million, mm. which is, you know, good. Is that enough, though? Like, $100 million doesn't seem like enough. It, it's enough unless the obviously inevitable happens. <laughs> and dinosaurs run amok once again. Because, of course they're going to. Because they're dinosaurs. So, with... My idea here is that because the insurance would not cover real dinosaurs, they get robot dinosaurs instead. So it is a park of robot dinosaurs, which then means we get a film where robot dinosaurs go mental. So kind of like Tammy and the T-Rex, but with more money. Um, <laughs> and dinosaurs that can actually move. And less brain, trans- trans- bleh, brain transplants. And less of that. Uh, for more details on Tammy and the T-Rex, check out our League of Good Bad Movies episode on... Tammy and the T-Rex. Alternatively, now this is where I think could things could get interesting. Yeah. We have, we're going to say the the raptor, that, so the insurance company won't allow real dinosaurs, they build robot dinosaurs instead, but the twist is not all of them are actually robots. Right. So they're pretending they're robot dinosaurs, when actually they're, the majority of them are real dinosaurs. Okay, so basically, um, What's his f- the old double dino switcheroo? So basically, like, yeah, we've put all of this stuff in place. You don't need to check them; they are actually robots. But it was cheaper to just reuse the dinosaurs that yeah. they had the DNA for. So we will have the the raptors. So in this idea, the raptors would be robots. Okay, which makes sense given the whole fucking Chris Pratt riding his motorbike with them and shit like that. So that yeah, like you have your like it's basically. Icarus, the documentary on Russian athletes, but with robots and dinosaurs instead of athletes and piss jars. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What, are we going to use the um, the robot dinosaurs from Kung Fury? Will they make an appearance? Oh my god, that was such a fucking good film. <laughs> were there robot dinosaurs in that? Well, they were kind of like, were they robot dinosaurs or were they, I swear like the T-Rex has like uh, lasers or something. Or maybe I'm. Uh... Oh yeah, but a T Rex with I thought I thought that was a T Rex with lasers rather than an actual robot dinosaur, because you obviously had Triceratop, which is the best named character yeah. ever, who's a Triceratop headed police. Oh, Kung Fury Two. Yes, uh, Arnie is going to be in it. It's coming out this year, apparently. I think so, uh, but it's also one of those films I think is always coming out. Like even last year, it was coming out this year. They have a nuts cast: Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Fassbender. Jorma mm-hmm. from um, Lonely Island, who's playing Hitler. David Hasselhoff, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I for some reason thought that, that he was kind of like quasi quasi robot. Or is it in is it in Rick and Morty? There's a robot T Rex. Yes. Or robot dinosaur. Or is it a car? 
No, so I think it Kung Fury is a it is just a T Rex. Okay. With guns. Talking of earlier when we spoke about the um the Sony robot dog, do you remember the there was also like the robot dinosaur that you could get that had like the remote control on it? Yes, I do. The the only robot thing I actually wanted was they did a remote controlled R two D two projector. Nice. And that was awesome. Here's um yeah, this is the just if you want to buy it on eBay, it's seven fifty at the moment. Oh good to know. Oh I'll uh think about reliving my youth. Um but yeah, so I think it works. I think it makes Jurassic World this is a weird phrase to use more realistic <laughs> from a business perspective at least and like i said the, the majority of people i messaged weren't particularly happy with the idea of re-going to jurassic a, a jurassic park after so many people publicly got eaten by dinosaurs because it's not quite like a faulty roller coaster or a or something like that, right? This is a bit... I, I wouldn't feel comfortable going to a zoo where a lion ate a load of people. Yeah, I guess... I guess the issue you're going to do is you're going to have to take a hit on revenue because people are paying a lot less money to see robot dinosaurs than real dinosaurs. But you do but, save money because you don't need to do it on a remote tropical island because you could do this in Florida. Well, no, but also that's where you keep your keep your margin because if you keep it on there, it is a proper like holiday event where people go away. And it also makes more sense with, like, you're more likely the little ball... The gyrospheres. They're in. The gyrospheres, yeah. Why do I... Do you know Do you know what's really annoying? Is, like, I could... I, I, I know that they're called gyrospheres, and that is of no use to me whatsoever. But I forgot the proper way to say biblical earlier. I said Jesus-y. It's. I mean, it's just. It's just a, a, a look into my deteriorating uh, brain space. I guess. Yeah, we, we we still still can't remember that film we recommended no. someone, but we can remember they're called gyrospheres. But yeah, you're more likely like the gyrospheres just going around with like robot dinosaurs feel safer than doing that. So you can still do all of the stuff you would have with dinosaurs yeah but they're not i think this is i know we've spoken about a couple of like uh, one of the main ways we differ is around the whole open world gaming thing but i think we have we also differ in the um adrenaline seeking uh, that comes with going to a theme park and for me personally if the op if the previous option of real dinosaurs was there and then the then they were like ah oh, here's some dinosaur robots just doesn't cut it like I, I wouldn't go i don't think i'd go and i certainly wouldn't be traveling to a remote island to do it if maybe it was in florida and like oh, i'm gonna go to universal studios and to jurassic world then fine but um, once you've had real dinosaurs um you, you don't you don't go back <laughs> once you've had robot yeah. dinosaurs you just couldn't I, I could just tell the difference <laughs> you know it's the smell yeah, exactly Okay, well, okay, speaking as the opposite of an adrenaline <laughs> junkie, a, a safety yeah. junkie, I feel like this would have been an easier an easier thing to push and then reveal, shit, they are real dinosaurs because it was cheaper to keep them. Yeah, I guess the, for me, I don't know, maybe it does work. If I, I guess it make for me it would maybe work more in the first iteration, but... So they're just robot from, dinosaurs? As in, like, from... No, no, as in like the the whole like they're robot dinosaurs, but they're not robot dinosaurs, but in Jurassic Park rather than Jurassic World because 
there's not that expectation that's been built up of oh we can get actual real dinosaurs. Okay, so so Jurassic Park they were also robot dinosaurs. The cell and then Jurassic World they're just better robot dinosaurs. Or the cell the cell in the original one was these robot dinosaurs, but then it turned out that they were they were actual dinosaurs. Like as ah, in, okay, I'm beginning. with you. I'm with you. I just think I think robot dinosaurs are a hard sell when you've previously had real dinosaurs. How how elitist does that make you sound? <laughs> robot I'm I'm too good for robot dinosaurs. That's what you just said. I have it on you recording. Were, okay. Would you go back to drinking the red topped Nescafe now you've had good coffee? Okay, I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> you just get me. You just know how to. Uh... This, this is why you're in marketing. Okay, so you're saying robot dinosaurs are the red lidded Nescafe to the to, coffee ground to the the gore. wanky artisanal coffee ground. Yeah, to as as um, Quentin Tarantino's character. Jimmy in Pulp Fiction would say the gourmet shit. But also, if someone told me like, "Hey, do you want to go on safari?" By the way, they're all dinosaurs. Uh, sorry, they're all robots. I would still probably think that sounds fucking awesome. If they were like robot robot lions, that occasionally, like rumors say, might occasionally sing songs from the Lion King. See, Boom, you just want to go to Animal Kingdom in Florida. <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> Has anyone died there? That's the important thing. Uh, I don't know, but I think Disney are too good at covering that kind of thing up, right? Because yeah, like true, I've I've re- I don't know if you've read any of like the Reddit threads of um, cast members because you can't be an employee. Oh god, yeah. Where the, they the, yeah. have to stay in character even if they like pass out in their uh, costumes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, some of those things are like really interesting, like a peek behind the curtain of how uh, not not the jingle because that's not a peek behind the curtain of us. It's just a peek behind the Disney curtain. Yeah, it's is interesting to see the lengths that they go to to keep magic there, kind of thing. Yeah, like there's only ever one character, one of each character wandering around. Yeah, I I mean it is it's it is a lesson in like they've been doing this shit a long time and they're very good at it. Yeah, but then on the flip side of that, some of the stuff is just plain evil. Yeah, yeah, that too. But then again, Walt Disney. My second choice. So first choice, we went twist. Second choice, I'm going make it interesting. So like, I think adding robots in most scenarios, apart from if you switch them out for real life dinosaurs, is going to make the experience more interesting it's going to make what's happening in front of your eyes more interesting so i was thinking okay what what film needs the treatment of adding some robots in it to make it more interesting so lost in translation because nothing happens in that movie and i want robots to just give me a reason to keep watching or to maybe watch it again oh we're back to we're back to lost in translation it's been a while (laughs) yeah um, um, maybe he's a robot maybe she's a robot maybe robots come at the end and kill everyone but just so I can feel something I'd like there to be robots <laughs> just so I can feel something I want there to be robots yes. out of context <laughs> you're a fucking psychopath um, it is psychopath right that's the that's the correct one correct I, terminology I, mean, I, don't, I don't know the, the official um... <laughs> The official diagnosis. 
Um, there could there could be a whole. We probably need to run a battery of psychological tests to to really understand. I can just it. just imagine you sitting like stone faced through Requiem for a Dream with like your partner crying next to you, and just like, oh, Graham, what's wrong? It's like, I don't know. I just just really wish they were robots. <laughs> I might be. I I can't connect to people. <laughs> I need them to be robots. <laughs> Uh, but am I wrong? Like nothing happens in Lost in Translation. That's the point, isn't it? I, I mean, I can't defend it a lot because I haven't watched it for a very long time, and I didn't really have a desire to watch it again. But it was—it's the point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think now I do. I do like the idea of it being exactly the same film, apart from the last five minutes where robots, <laughs> full robot apocalypse out of absolutely out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And the and the reason it's called Lost in Translation is because actually for the whole time there were these warning robot voices that were telling them. But in Japanese. But in Japanese, and they just didn't know what they were saying. <laughs> what a twist. Yeah. It's a better film though, isn't it? I would I would pay good money to watch Bill Murray fight a robot. Oh, absolutely. I mean he's done Stay Puff Marshmallow. Yeah, he's done a lot of random shit, but I don't I can't think of a Bill Murray robot movie. No. Um not off the top of my head. Apart from Lost in Translation, obviously. Zom- zombies. Zombies, yeah. He's done he's done him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean what other films? What other films could we follow this thing? So take a a, a relatively like Yeah, slow burning movie meet joe black nothing happens in that film meet joe black but in, instead of a ghost he's a robot okay i like it i like it fuck it i've got to google boring films um cut, cut so my cousin yeah who is one of the welshest people ever okay didn't like castaway because nothing really happened right so obviously it was, wilson's a robot <laughs> yeah but like not wilson but Tom Hanks finds his way back to civilization and it's been destroyed by robots. Nice. I like now it. That, that I could get behind. Yeah. Uh, apparently, according to backtothemovies.com, the 20 most boring films of all time are... Okay. Oh, this is going to hurt some people. Fifty Shades of Grey. That, that, with, ro- with robots. I think that just hurt her, didn't it? Yep. Uh, Blair Witch Project. Yeah, there's a robot at the end. That makes it more interesting. Uh, this one already has robots in. Okay. The Phantom Menace. Yeah, but um, um, less politics, more robots. Uh, the Postman is set in a post-apocalyptic world that was non-robot related, so we just make it robot related. Yep. Uh, Transformers, that has robots already. It does have robots uh, already. Brokeback Mountain does not have robots. Gay robots. Meet Joe Black is on this list. There we go. Ghost robots. Showgirls. Stripper robots. Uh, the Tree of Life, which I believe you have oh, rented on previously. Yeah. Do you know what? I would just watch... Just watch some robots, like you know the Boston Dynamics robots. Just watch them on YouTube for half hour. That's better than the Tree of Life. So I'm now just having a look now on a Buzzfeed fifteen iconic movies that are actually really bo- oh. Are you okay? Oh, you you clickbaity cunts. <laughs> fifteen iconic movies that are actually really boring. Number one, Pulp Fiction. Oh come on. Number two, Casablanca. Casablanca's a fucking. Now, now to be the only person ever to use this phrase is a fucking banger. <laughs> Avatar, Avatar doesn't have robots. No, it's Mexic. Yeah, it's not really robots. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump with robots. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have a teacher 
which we won't name by name, who used to violently hate Forrest Gump. Ah, oh, good old Nigel. Good old Nigel. Actually, it wasn't just Forrest Gump. Tom Hanks. Really? Yeah, yeah. Hated Tom Hanks. I thought it was just Forrest Gump. No, 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 no. Hated Tom Hanks. Ah. That's why someone... Tom Hanks has been in a robot movie. Uh, which one? Like Finch or something like that. Someone put a framed uh, Tom Hanks picture up in his classroom. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's, this is, if anything, proving my uh, proving my theory that you add you add robots, it can improve things that are, are quite quite shockingly bad. Yeah. James Corden show. Oh. Swap him out for a robot. I'd watch it. Oh. Did you see his whole thing of stealing jokes recently? Yes, uh, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, I still maintain, uh, and this is definitely a conversation we've had before, but we're in 80 plus episodes now, so expect repetition. The Horn and Corden thing. Was it Corden and Horn? The sketch Horn and show. The sketch show, yeah. which was like, should really be dragged up against like some kind of human rights committee. <laughs> I thought you were going to say was... dragged up against the wall and shot. Yes, that as well. <laughs> that was so unfunny. Yeah, um, absolutely. And like, I think sometimes there seems to be a belief that just because a comedian is funny, they can either a have a sitcom that is named after them, yeah, or do a sketch show and it still be funny. So, like, I love Mo- Mark Maron's stand-up; is brilliant. Yeah, the TV show didn't really. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as he is. Yeah. Um, the John Mulaney sitcom was apparently absolute dirt. Oh, really? Um, my dad is, as far as I'm aware, still blocked by Frankie Boyle for telling Frankie exactly what he thought about Tramadol Nights, <laughs> the uh, sketch show that Frankie Boyle had for a while. Your dad has quite a good list of um, of people he's been blocked by, right? Because like, Therese Coffee is one of the more recent ones, wasn't it? He's been blocked by... Oh, fuck it. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, Dad, who have you been blocked by on Twitter? Introducing Ian's dad. I have been asked to uh, remember how many people have blocked me on Twitter. Some of the most notable ones are MP Nadine Dorries, the one who ate the kangaroo's bollock in the jungle. Piers Morgan, uh, the tub of lard who supports Trump. The ex-health secretary, Theresa Coffey. Uh, the ex-education secretary, Andrew Jenkins, who gave everyone the finger. And lastly, Ian Brown, the crap singer and uh, notorious anti-vaxxer, who doesn't even do the tweets himself. He gets his mate to do it on an Alcatel mobile phone because he can't even use a mobile phone. Uh, thanks. And that was Ian Stan. Oh, all of those. Uh, but yeah, I like the idea of robots do seem to be like the cheat code to making a film that you may find boring interesting. Yeah. I just had a quick uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey is on this boring list as well. I mean, whoever wrote that list needs needs a slap. Yeah, someone also put Lord of the Rings, which I cannot agree with. But yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I Again, like I said, I haven't watched Lost in Translation in a very long time. And I think if... Petros is listening to this. He's going to be very disappointed in us. Well, but you know, I would have to agree. If you told me it now ended with a robot apocalypse, I would watch it immediately. Yeah. So, uh, robot apocalypse, lost in translation. It's, it plays out exactly the same until the last five minutes. They find out all the Japanese has been warnings about robots. They didn't realize everyone dies. The end. My choice then. Your choice, sir. 
And this is going to date the podcast a little bit for one person. Okay. Because they will know when we're recording this when I say this. But I put when when I posted about this episode we were doing, somebody replied um Rocky Four. Right. Uh, and the people who replied were the Diabolical Podcast, who are a bunch of guys from North Wales who talk about evil plots in movies and how they would have done them better. Okay. And their argument for Rocky Four was, instead of making it weird by suggesting Paulie might be having a sexual relationship with his robot, just have the robots everywhere, just part of society, so the audience can imagine that most people have carnal knowledge of them. <laughs> To which my response was obviously, it's not weird if everybody is fucking robots. If anything, it would then be weird Rocky wasn't, unless Adrian was a more advanced model. That's not the reason I'm picking Rocky for today. Okay. But it now might be, just because we don't talk enough about uh, that robot in Rocky 4. The robot that was so bad, they released a director's cut like last year or the year before and cut it out entirely. Nice. So they opposite... Jabba the Hutt hutted it. They, they opposite Jabba the Hutted it, correct. So I've never seen Rocky Four. We've had this conversation before, and I was also just as shocked then. Yeah. You should? I mean, I need to what I need to I've only watched the first one. It there's really? yeah, there's a lot of Rocky oh. out there, isn't there? You're you're missing a lot. Mm. Rock Rocky Rocky is good. Rocky two is alright. Rocky 3 is great. Rocky 4 is a cultural milestone, but really it's a good, bad movie. Rocky 5 is... Rocky Balboa is better than people remember. Creed is very good. Creed 2, focus on the wrong character. Cool. There we go. You're, you're caught up. up to date. Yeah, I um, I, yeah, I do need to, do need to watch them. Rocky now, there's a character in um, the guy who wrote uh, The Martian. He's just, well, let's say recently, his latest book is called Hail Mary, and he has a character in it called Rocky who I won't spoil what they are or who they are but now that's all I can see when I hear the name Rocky so that's slightly ruined it for me I'm just reading up about this uh this robot um so apparently they wrote the f- robot into the film to help street treat Stallone's son for autism which seems yes, something like that very strange thing to do like obviously you know I think everyone should be helped with their any um difficulties that they have i don't know that writing a, a robot into a film that is def- definitely not about robots is is the way to go about it though yeah i'm not sure i'm i'm not sure kind of the thought process behind that but i had heard that before it's all yeah, yeah. It's a weird it also one, says it? that um in the video game fallout new vegas a robot named fisto is a reference to paulie's robot <laughs> i did not realize that but great fucking game so rocky four I'm fine with us taking away Paulie's robot if we have to, but the robot that I'm going to be adding is the twist reveal that Ivan Drago, the Soviet boxer, is in actual fact a robot. So this is basically going to be taking the whole Rocky thing to its inevitable conclusion. Because Rocky IV, as we've talked about before, is something stupid like 30% montage. And the majority of those montages are showing that you can be a professional athlete on an advanced near-vertical treadmill while we're injecting with steroids, but it's better to be the type of athlete who chases chickens and does, like, 
carries a cart around with your family on and does those weird one-armed push-ups that I don't want to do because I feel like your fucking forearm yeah. is snapping off. It's the whole thing, like, they they talk about, like, chopping wood, right? That's the whole thing that the boxers do. They're like, yeah, yeah, they're chopping yeah. wood. Yeah, it, it's kind of... You spoke about Icarus earlier. I guess it's kind of... Uh, it, it's a similar message. Uh, less, less... I'd say less KJ, exactly. KGB, oh. but actually, no. Yeah, no, no. If anything, there is more KGB in Rocky IV. Uh, so the whole thing is, again, it's like... Ivan Drago's using like advanced technology and things like that, and Rocky's going like old school. So it's not that big a logical leap to say if they're doing that, then Ivan Drago could also yeah. just be a robot. Rocky Four again, it is such it is such a great film to talk about. Like it's the the fight takes place in Russia on Christmas Day. So I have no idea how him and his wife are still together in Rocky Five. And yeah, I just like I like the idea of the the twist ending being yeah. it's a robot. Like again, it just it just make it weirdly makes sense. And because Rocky Four is so kind of borderline cartoony anyway, it doesn't even go that much against the tone of the film. You wouldn't have to recast it because Ivan Drago or Dolph Lundgren in it looks like a fucking robot yeah. anyway. Because he's a, he is I a wonder, So essentially, what you're saying is, we would go because it would be a reveal. Um, this movie would essentially be uh, surreal still. Hey, yeah. I like that. Back on You're it. Back on it. After some horrific jokes you made when we weren't recording. Um, not horrific as in like <laughs> blue or like oh my god, I'm so glad they got rid of censorship yeah, on Twitter yeah, yeah, no, no. kind of thing. Yeah, I just just bad, yeah, just like very awful, very bad. All dad jokes. Yeah, robots. It just works. I imagine him being kind of like. If you just imagine a, ro- a robot with Dolph Lundgren's hair, you're just imagining Gunjack from the yeah, Tekken game. So it would just kind of be that. Like the Tekken movie with where we I feel like should have come around now. I know there have been Tekken movies, but they've been very, very bad. Yeah. I walked in on you watching um the end of the new Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> yes! Yes, that wasn't all. It wasn't great though. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't great, but it was definitely better than the implication of I walked <laughs> in on you watching. You walked in on me watching jujitsu. I walked in you watching jujitsu too, <laughs> and that that was definitely ah. Uh, it was worse than Mortal Kombat, but I would prefer to watch it again. Yeah, I th- I think that's the that's we we've spoken about it many times, but that's the whole good bad movie thing, right? Like it's enjoyable even yeah. though it's bad, whereas. A mediocre movie is just a mediocre movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, Rocky IV. Um, there's already a quote in the film that it's like punching iron. And now it literally will be. Yeah. And obviously the prequel to uh, Johnny Five. And the prequel to Johnny Five. Who's alive. So, my last choice. So we've gone twist. We've gone make it interesting. I am going for the the reasoning behind this one is we are Wizard of Ozing it. What I mean by Wizard of Ozing it is explaining away the um, apparent paranormal by obvious means, in this case, a robot. Maybe less obvious given the time that this movie's set, but we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that when we get to it. So I the film I'm going to choose here is the 1999, I wouldn't say classic, um, okay horror movie. 
That is Sleepy Hollow. Ah, I rewatched that the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Because everyone was rewatching it from the looks of social media. Ah, there's been like a thing, like Headless series. Sorry, a YouTube series called Headless. It's got like Mary Kate Wills, Wiles in it. That is like a take on Sleepy Hollow, which might be why people have, have oh maybe started going back to it. I don't know. So two, two we're, we're, you're covering two 1999 films. Yeah, and nice. a and a 2004 Abomination. So um, yeah, the whole Wizard of Ozing it here is that rather than it actually being sort of a deal with the devil and um, the headless horseman being a uh, undead gatherer of people's souls using or souls heads i guess at the behest of the uh, i forget the name of the the woman who's controlling him but at her behest uh, miranda richardson <laughs> um it is actually um she is controlling him but it's because she's built a headless horseman robot who is out doing her bidding so yeah as i say kind of explaining it away given that it's more conceivable that you would have a robot than a than a demonic um, horseman who doesn't have a head. However, I think it might be set in a time in the 1820s where robots weren't. There wasn't a proliferation of yeah. robots, but uh, you know, she was a she was a, a, a studious engineer and and built so, her headless robot. By she, we are talking Lady Mary Van Tassel. There we go. I remembered it was an incredible name, so I googled it. Van Tassel's a that's a strong surname, isn't it? Um, immediate follow-up question: mm. Is it still going to be Christopher Walken? Oh yeah, of course. But yeah, I think it's um, I think it's one of those ways that you know it 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 makes a lot more sense that someone would be able to to kind of have a remote-controlled headless horseman robot than making a pact with Satan. So. Um, yeah, I I think it's and then you kind of get all of the. I, not only are you Wizard of Ozing it, I feel like you're Scooby doing it as well, because you have like the reveal at the end, and she's all like, "Oh, if it wasn't for these pesky kids and that Great Dane." I I like it. I like it. I, I the, the Scooby do. Oh, you know, you know what? I I watched uh, the best Halloween special uh, over Halloween. Right. Um, Corn's Groovy Pirate Mysteries, the uh, South Park one. Oh right, which is it is just Scooby Doo, but instead of the Scooby Goo gang, it is the band Corn. Excellent, I, I voiced by Corn as well in a rare South Park move of actually getting the guys in. But it's like a season three episode, and it is so fucking stupid, and I love it. I need to, I need to check that one out. the 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 one South Park holiday related episode I often go back to at the time is. Um, uh, Christmas Critter Pals. Oh, uh, Woodland, Woodland Woodland Critter Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, that's the one. Hail Satan! Exactly that. Uh, I mean, a lot of I'll I'll watch the majority of the uh, South Park Christmas stuff over Christmas because they're all so fucking good. There's the one that's just songs. Yeah. Red Sleigh Down, where Santa gets shot down over Baghdad. Oh fuck! South Park was great. It still is. It's just not as pinnacle I... as it was. Yeah, I feel like it. <laughs> took a turn when they decided to run threads through the series so when they had the continuing storylines rather than every episode being in isolation yeah i did like there was one series of that which was quite good to watch but i'd also rather them try new things than just keep 
yeah it's not it's not as good but at least it feels kind of fresh and relevant yeah i suppose i suppose there is that um yeah i did they it definitely had its had its heyday but i don't think it's it's definitely not gone like down in quality in comparison to something like family guy or the simpsons oh oh god no no but again, those are also shows that have stuck rigidly to the same format the whole time. Well, I mean, Seth MacFarlane doesn't—he doesn't just stick a show to it. He sticks everything to his to the same format. I would not be surprised if he actually lives at home with you know a, a anthropomorphic talking something just to make sure his actual life is a version of all of the different things that he creates. Yeah, probably. I still, I still like American Dad though. Uh, I mean, I've I think, not I watched think that's any the of be- them for that, a I long think... time. American Dad, I feel like, is the best one because it, it it doesn't do the cutaway jokes. Yeah. Like, at least the humour is kind of... It feels a bit better. But also, you know, you're not setting yourself a high bar, really, talking about your favourite Seth MacFarlane comedy. No, no. Ted is, I think, still probably one of the worst things he ever did. Yeah, I don't get why Liam Neeson likes him so much. No. You can do better, Liam. You can in do. so many, so many aspects of your life and career. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the headless horseman the headless is a horseman. robot. So we're going steam, steampunk, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I guess that's probably if we, we're bringing it in line with the um, with the period. Um, yeah, I'd say so. I like it. Um, so yeah, less less Satan, more engineering, tomfoolery, shall we say? I like it. I mean, people still died. <laughs> that sounded so like suddenly. You know, it's like occasionally when we when we're recording this podcast, I forget there is a world going on around us. It's just me, you, a snoring dog. It's great, and then just kind of people still died. People die. Heartbreak. People. People need to remember these things. It's not all sweetness and light when it comes to robotic headless horsemen. <laughs> Final choice. Final so choice. What I am going to do here is basically take a film and set it in the world of another film. Okay. Well, another, well, kind of another film, but really another TV series. Are you so, doing Lost in Translation in Jurassic World just to make it interesting? Yes. No. So, what I thought I would do is so I'm actually, since because we took a break from recording this. Between recording the intro and recording this, Westworld has been cancelled by HBO. Right. Which I'm not hugely happy about, because though Westworld was really complicated, it was a really good show, and I really enjoyed it. So Westworld, uh, again, we've kind of talked about this on our fictional holiday destination episode. The main plot of Westworld is set around this park that is full of robots and you get to live out these Western storylines among them. Um, And then it gets really complicated. There's like sentient robots and yada, yada, yada. But the core premise of it is it's set around that, right? Is, um, just out of interest, did it stop at a point where it felt finished or... You could argue maybe. Okay. So without, I don't want to, because it, yeah, this is spoiler territory, but yeah, it, um, it's not the ending it deserved where it finished, but you could argue it's kind it was, it, it could be a very unfulfilling ending point. 
right. kind of thing. So, in, so in, in answer to my question, in the words of FM Static, definitely maybe. Exactly. So what I thought I would do is I would take a Western film okay. and just have it set in Westworld. So I was thinking of potential options. So I've never really watched a lot of like classic Westerns, but I've watched more recent ones, which, to be fair, I think a lot of them are just kind of remakes of uh, the old ones. So like 310 to Yuma is a really good uh, Western that was remade with, again, Christian Bale, who keeps popping up on this episode. There's also a Western called Hostiles, which came out recently, which is really good, which also stars Christian Bale, who's also popped up on this podcast before. Um, <laughs> the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, so the Coen Brothers um, anthology, yeah. which features Tom Waits, who has not popped up on this episode, but it's fucking awesome. Nearly did Bone Tomahawk. Very good film. I've been for a long time meaning to watch, and I haven't watched it, and I've heard it's very, very good, but The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Yes, I haven't watched that either. It's supposed to be very yeah. long, but very good. Yeah, it's yeah, just shy of three hours, but... Yeah. Brad Pitt, Casey Affleck? Brad Pitt, Casey Affleck, Sam yeah. Rockwell, Jeremy Renner, Nick Cave. Uh, yeah, hello. Nick a Cave? Nick Cave. As in... And The Bad Seeds. Okay. Fair play. Mary Louise Parker as well, and Zoe Deschanel. That's a fucking hell of a cast. Yeah. And Paul Schneider. Well, add it to That's a double bill for you. That film and Rocky IV. <laughs> so, yeah, nearly did to- uh, Bone Tomahawk, uh, yeah. which is a horror western, which is grotesquely fucked up, but probably one of my favourite westerns. But I thought, no. You know what, Ian? You're lying to yourself. There is only one western that you have watched constantly over the better part of this is a western that came out in 2000 so 22 years so i have watched this regularly over that period of time i unironically love it i think it is fucking brilliant and that is shanghai noon the jackie chan and owen wilson movie excellent no jackie chan owen wilson and lucy lou movie because lucy lou is fucking great in it because of course she is she's lucy fucking lou but it is It is a film about a guard from, like, the Forbidden City who's called Chon Wang, which is phonetically similar to John Wayne. Get it? Yeah, very, very good. Travelling to the Wild West to rescue a princess who has been kidnapped. He teams up with a train robber and they take on, like, a load of Chinese traitors and, like, corrupt railroad officials. And there's a bit where he pisses on a rag and bends bars. And it's... uh, there's a horse that thinks it's a dog, which is clearly a programming area uh, error, and it hits like all of like the stereotypical tropes of a western, but with all of the like incredible Jackie Chan kind of choreography around it. Is it as um, I'm I'm imagining a film called Shanghai Noon with someone with, who sounds like John Wayne but isn't is potentially um, less palatable twenty two years later, or am I uh, grossly? Uh, overstepping the line there. It there there are some things in it which I would argue are a bit more unpalatable now, but I think with westerns especially that usually comes down to how they approach the Native American contingent of the film. Yeah. The actual Chinese side of it, the whole culture and stuff is treated quite respectfully. Oh, it's treated respectfully, and also there's a big like unspoken thing 
or not unspoken, but like we don't really get taught it over here, and I don't know about America outside of the West Coast, but there was a big issue with Chinese labor on the railroads in uh, like California and stuff like that. Mm. Of like basically, basically slavery under a different name. So it does kind of cover some interesting things like that. The actual Jackie Chan side of it is treated quite well, but yeah, there are definitely areas like with any early noughties comedy that hasn't aged quite well. But it does have the you know, it's not quite like the ridiculous six level, which also can't back <laughs> fall back on the fact it's twenty years it, old. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so it the the. Chon Wang thing comes across as a cheap joke rather than a racist thing. Right. Because he then, I think, uses that to potentially call himself John Wayne at the end. But yeah, like it, it sounds boring, um, or not boring, but often trodden conversation of like I always forget just how like game changing the whole Jackie Chan fight choreography is. Yeah. Because for, for people who grew up when we did, like, that's just kind of all I've really known. I didn't <laughs> I've watched old Kung Fu stuff and you don't really like it was so game changing and different to everything like basically merging slapstick with martial arts shit I could never think of even doing but setting it in a theme park where everybody is robots makes a lot of this weirdness make sense Okay, because it is such a stereotypical story and it is such like hits such like I said the stereotype things of a western film that saying it was all manufactured that way and one of the people involved is a human and everybody else are these so in westworld they're called hosts yeah everyone else is hosts just makes sense owen wilson isn't a great uh like gunslinger in it and there's also a running joke that he always seems to survive unscathed from things and only wins things kind of luck so I would say Owen Wilson is like the actual tourist person. Right. And everything else is just robots going about their robot business around him. Robot business. Robot business. Robot boogie. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's just a great film. Like, it's just silly. And the fight scenes are great in it. It's just... It's early noughties Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan. Mm. What more could you want? Do we know how, how's Owen Wilson doing at the moment? He's... Uh... He's, he's all right. He's back in a few more things recently, right? He's, uh, what was the last things he did? He did something with Sama Hayek. All I can hear is, uh, that, the Wargasm song, Sama Hayek. And he's, uh, oh, that's a great, great song. It is very good. Um, he's doing a lot of, like, indie stuff. A couple of, like, generic rom coms, I think, are thrown in there. I think there's a kids movie where he's a superhero, maybe. Um, Loki, obviously, he did Loki yes, recently. Yes, that was the thing I saw most recently. He's in the um, the upcoming Haunted Mansion movie as well. Is that Haunted Mansion or the Muppets one? Um, it is. I'm assuming the uh, Disney one. Yeah, Disney Haunted Mansion. Interesting, because I think there was a Muppets, the Muppet Haunted Mansion yeah. recently That's too. A hell of a cast. Rosario Dawson, Lakeith Stanfield, Owen Wilson, oh, wow. Tiffany Haddish, Winona Ryder, Dan Levy, Gerard Leto, Danny DeVito, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Fucking hell. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. I mean, Disney just have everything now, don't they? Yeah, how dare they? Apparently, the writer of Haunted Mansion is working on writing a Lando TV series. Oh, interesting. Haunted, um, Haunted Mansion is adds to the um, the number of uh, films that were originally 
uh, theme park rides as well. Yes, yeah, I think we talked about that before. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean being the 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 major one. Yeah, was Haunted Mansion the? That's not the one that was the f- the fake out drop thing. Or was that House and Haunting Hill? Uh, as in the ride. And the film. The film opens with them doing it as well. Uh, in the in Haunted Mansion, you have, like, on the ride, you go into the elevator and the pictures stretch. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Is there a film already? Um, Of ha- Haunted Mansion? Yeah. So, so there was a house on Haunted here. Uh, yeah, I think I'm thinking of House of Haunted Hill. Okay. This isn't future Ian. This is his fiance. Ian is editing this episode at quarter to midnight in bed and just said, hey, I need to record a future Ian part because I got Tower of Terror, which is a ride, and a TV film confused with House on Haunted Hill, which is just a movie that features a ride. Who the fuck does that at 11.45? So I'm recording it instead. Tower of Terror is not House on Haunted Hill. Tower of Terror was a ride based on a Twilight Zone episode that was then turned into a ride that was then turned into a movie, which now might be remade by Taika Waititi. House on Haunted Hill is a remake of a 1959 film and stars Jeffrey Rush as a dude who owns a theme park and then convinces people to hang out in a haunted house on a hill. Also, Tower of Terror as a ride completely rocks. Anyway, that was a was a segue. Yes, segue. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's it is just it's Shanghai Noon. It's Westworld presents a Westworld story. <laughs> Shanghai Noon. <laughs> and those were the choices. The choices. The choices. So, out of your three, what shall we? Shall we? Do you want to explain? Uh, so now we're at the time of the podcast where we <laughs> exposition. So before we talk about our the official the podcast, nobody asked for top three list. Yeah. What is your top three out of your three? My top three, of my three is in. I was going to say in no particular order, but actually it's in a very specific order because that's what we do. <laughs> in third place, um, Sleepy Hollow. I like the idea. I like the steampunk aspect of it, but it's just it's it's a it's a fun enough movie on its own, and we don't need to Wizard of Oz all of the uh, all of the paranormal things out there because that would just uh, ruin horror, and we love a bit of horror. Second place, The Matrix. I love the twist. I like the uh, the opportunity for a robot antichrist because I feel like we've been we've been missing one of those. But in first place, Lost in Translation with a, a robot uprising armageddon because you know it just will make it so much more interesting and probably the only time lost in translation will be my top pick for anything nice how about you sir uh so my top three i think at number three i am going to go uh robo jurassic world just because it's become apparent that some people might have been okay with the threat of dinosaurs after dinosaurs killed a load of people uh number two i'm going to go uh Westworld's Shanghai Noon. Yeah. I think it would be really funny, but the film inevitably just kind of stays exactly the same. It's just uh, set in the Westworld park instead. And then number one, I really want to see Rocky fight a giant Russian robot. Yeah, I can get Like I said, it weirdly... It adds weirdness to the film. It buys into the whole Cold War storyline, and it weirdly doesn't 
you wouldn't bat a fucking eyelid in that film if it turned out he was a robot, and that is a really weird yet accurate thing to say. Yeah, it feels like the Rocky movies maybe went down. They were like the um, the Fast and the Furious move, like version, sport version of the Fast and the Furious movies in terms of the the lunacy from what you've said. Oh, they should they they should have went into it more. I do fucking love those films. Out of both of those top threes, mm. what are you saying? What is the combined top three? The what combined do you feel to top three. So I would go uh, Rocky, Lost in Translation, Matrix. Interesting. Reasoning being, uh, I think the storyline for Rocky, from what you said, again, I haven't seen it, but from what you've said, seems to fit the best. You've then got Lost in Translation just because it's a hell of a left turn and it makes it really interesting and it's one of those would become one of those movies that leads you up the garden path and then become something completely different um and then in third place the matrix just because of the the robot antichrist twist and how that kind of leans into the debate on robot sentience and society i think the, the fun thing with the matrix is what i want to do is say it should be Shanghai Noon because I really like The Matrix and I feel like this detracts from it. But I also don't think I understand the story enough to say if it detracts from it or not. Yeah. <laughs> For all I know, it makes it better. <laughs> but I do like the idea. I, I, it's it, it feels like a it's an extra level in an already confusing fucking film. I mean, I I I pers- I personally I I I agree with Rocky Four. I agree with Lost in Translation, not necessarily because I think it's as dull and boring and pointless as you, but Excuse that sounded me? like I was insulting you. <laughs> I, I like the Lost in Translation choice, not because I agree with you that it is dull and pointless, but because I love the idea of a f- slow-burning indie film ending with a massive action set piece of the world ending. Yeah. And then, yeah, I probably would have gone Shanghai Noon 3 just because I just think it would be funny to have an anthology series or anthology movies based on Westworld that are just Westerns, but they're all robots. But I do like, I, I, I think the, the, the Matrix idea does kind of bring an, like you said, an interesting edge to it. Yeah, I, I, and I would agree. I think I think the whole, like, you could go down the route of the Westworld Presents kind of thing, and that could be really interesting. I don't know... I know the reason I would say the reason one of the reasons as well the Matrix above that was where you kind of alluded to it being essentially the same movie but with robots, whereas the other ones I feel all have a like an additional yeah element to them by bringing robots. In. I like it. Okay, we can, we can lock that in. We can lock it in. We are good. So uh, the podcast nobody asked for is top three movies where we would have added robots. Uh, number three, we have The Matrix. Number two, we have Lost in Translation. And number one, we have Rocky IV. Uh, if you agreed with our choices, if you are outraged at the Lost in Translation slander coming from my co-host, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for, and you can also find us at Patreon at the podcast nobody asked for, where you become a friend of the podcast and help us keep talking shit. Yep, and if um, Elon Musk hasn't put you off Twitter completely, you can find us there 
at nobody asked for pod with the number four. Same with Facebook if you don't hate Mark Zuckerberg, and um, you can find all of the things that you need to know about us, all of the links, etc., etc., at podcastnobodyasked4.co.uk. And wherever you listen to this podcast, if you could leave us a review and any review, put any future episode ideas you may have, and we will try to do the best ones. So that's uh, that. That's the, the roboty episode mm. done. Yep, which is good. I don't have a pre-prepped robot outro. Uh, so it's just ro- are you? A ro- are we robots? Are we all robots? Is this a simulation? Possibly. Maybe. But if it was, maybe you would have had one prepared. Maybe. Zero zero one. Zero one. Zero zero one one. Zero zero one 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 one. Ugh, no one asked for this.